Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Bad Day. Uh, what we're doing in this series is we're examining the worst bad day in history. We're examining Jesus' bad day when he was crucified, and it doesn't get much worse or ever gets worse than that. And uh, while he was being crucified, he made seven statements on the cross, and he really meant for those statements to become a light that lights our path when we're going through a bad day. So we've, we get to open up the fifth statement today, and I'm really excited about it. It's found in the Gospel of John, and here's how it reads, John 19, 28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. This is powerful. You know, there were 28 prophecies, uh, some of them back 600 years, some uh, several thousand years, prophecies about Jesus dying on the cross. So if you read in our Old Testament, the Christian Bible, which is the Jewish Bible, those prophecies were made that he would come, that he would die on a cross. And so 28 were fulfilled. This is one of the 28, and that's awesome, and we could do a whole lesson on that. But here's what I'm interested in today is, why did God, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus hung on the cross, why did he make a point to make sure Jesus said, I'm thirsty? I really believe he did it for us. Because here's what Jesus is teaching us in that statement. He's letting us know that on our bad day, it's okay to admit and to look at our issues or our problems that were caused by the bad day. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's being honest. He's being transparent. And he's saying, I'm thirsty. This bad day has caused me to thirst. And he wants us on our bad day to go ahead and admit what that bad day did in our lives. So here's my, here's my big idea for this lesson. This is my heart. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever from this lesson. It goes like this. You have to have a go-to in order to make it through. So to make it through your bad day, you have to have a go-to. And there's actually four go-tos. We're going to look at those today. And all of us have go-tos in our life. I know you do. And when in certain situations, you have certain things that you go to. So here's just a quick story about me. I tore my meniscus in my right knee last year and uh, went to see an orthopedic surgeon. He looked at the MRI. He said, you, you tore your meniscus. He said, you're probably going to need surgery. But he said, if you want to wait a little bit, he goes, I know you're a praying man. You can pray. And if you want to wait, it might get better on its own. You may not need the surgery. So I opted for that. Most guys, we would opt for that, right? So I opted for that. And now it, it hardly ever hurts. And you can tell I don't have a limp. And I can go up and down steps. But if I am on my feet all day, for instance, if I go out and clean the garage and I deep clean it and I'm out there for hours and hours, my knee will begin to ache. And you know what I discovered when my knee aches? Tylenol doesn't work. It works on a headache, but it doesn't work on the knee. But you know what works? Ibuprofen. Advil works every single time. And you know why? It's designed to get rid of inflammation. And so if I pop some Advil, I don't feel any pain. It's absolutely amazing. That's my go-to. Well, guess what? Spiritually, you and I need to have go-tos on our bad day. We'll never make it through without a go-to. So we're going to talk about some spiritual Advil. That's what we're talking about today, guys, and what you can pop on your bad day, right? And the, the first of, of the four is really you and I looking at ourselves, being transparent, and examining ourselves. And here's my first go-to. We must go to the mirror on our bad day. 
have to go to the mirror. Now, in the natural, why do we go to mirrors? I grew up, I went through parochial school slash Catholic school. And we, when I went, we had to wear a dress white shirt and, and a tie, and they didn't allow clip-ons. So I, I had to learn to tie a tie at a very early age. And I can tie a tie with my eyes closed. It doesn't matter. I did it so long in my life. But when you finally tie it and you, you tighten it, you always, I still have to look in a mirror to make sure it's straight and make sure the collar is looking correct. And all of us look in mirrors, right? We look in mirrors to assess where we're at in the natural. Well, guess what? You and I have to do that in our spiritual and our emotional life, especially after a bad day. We have to go to the mirror. And it's really hard for us to be transparent, especially sometimes we think being spiritual means we will not admit we have a problem. And so I want to show you a verse in the Bible. It changed my life. I taught on this verse for years. I used it in funerals for years. And it's an incredible verse, but I didn't see this until a couple years ago. And when I saw it, I like to say it this way. This is my age group. It blew my mind. And it was just absolutely amazing. So I want to blow your minds today with this verse. Now, when you first hear it, it will not blow your mind. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. And it just reads like this, uh, John eleven thirty five. Then Jesus wept. Nobody's mind has been blown, right? But I talked about it. I used it in funerals. Jesus wept and so on and so forth. And one day I saw it. You know, his best friend died, Lazarus. And so they came to Jesus and said, Lazarus has died. And then he wept. That means he grieved. That means he cried. And one day I saw it. Now it blew everything in my mind. Here's what I saw. Jesus, according to the Bible, and I believe it so strongly, I know you do too, Jesus is God. He always existed. The Bible says in the beginning, he was with God, and he was God. He's God the Son. He created everything. And so he came from heaven to earth, and he's in an earth suit, and he's in that earth suit to die to redeem us. He knows where his friend went. You know where Lazarus went? He went to a place called Abraham's bosom. We couldn't go to heaven back then because we were still sin-stained. Sin so God created this place, Abraham's bosom. Abraham was there. It was air-conditioned. It had ESPN. It was awesome, man. Was, he was hanging out. Jesus knew where he was. I mean, Jesus knew my relationship with Lazarus is not over. He knew exactly where he was, and yet he wept. And that's what blew my mind. And here's what I saw, guys. Even God himself, when living in a human body, had to deal with what goes on in our emotional system and in our bodies. And if Jesus, the Son of God, who knew exactly where Lazarus was, who knew it wasn't over, if he had to deal with his emotional systems, then you and I surely have to deal with our emotional system. And that really helped me as a guy, because I'm, I'm an introvert, very quiet, I'm not a real emotional person. I don't even get all that emotional when I watch sporting events. I'm just one of those guys that just sits there and takes it all in, right? Um, but I've gone through some bad days that have really torn me up. And it's kind of like, I don't want anybody to know. I want to hide it. And here's what God's saying. You can still be spiritual and admit that you have some issues. And some of you, like me, I, I have issues that I, they weren't even caused by bad days. I just have a lot of issues. And so we have to look in that mirror and we have to admit that there are some issues there. Now, we don't want to stay there, but the next three, we'll never do the next three unless we are transparent and we look in the mirror. Here's the second one. It just goes like this. We must go to God on our bad day. 
So first you go to the mirror, you see, wait, what happened here? You know, you go through that bad day, and it's like you're angry with people. Uh, maybe you feel like quitting on God. It's like you feel like God quit on me. I'm going to quit on God. Whatever you're dealing with as a result of what you went through, maybe you know, you're mad at the company that lets you go, whatever it is, your friends, whoever, and you feel that. And so now the next thing you want to do is go to God. And going to God just means you take it to God and you pray and you ask him to intervene. You ask him to work on it. And I just want to share two things that God will do. He's absolutely amazing. And these are two, there could be more. These are the two major ones. And it goes like this. God promises to take our burdens on our bad day. And God will do it every single time. He'll take your fears, your anger, your hurt, anything you're dealing with, he will take it, your shame. And the Bible talks to us about this. Here's how we go to God. Listen, 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to lift it off you, and he wants to carry it for you. And so we have to know he wants to do it. That's why I'm taking this moment in time to tell you, he wants to take your burdens. He wants to become involved. And I love what the psalmist said. Listen to this, guys. Psalm 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And that's one of the first things God wants to do. Bad days cause a lot of apprehension, a lot of fears about the future, and he just wants to take that fear right off of you. Listen to verse 5. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Guys, shame is an awful thing. And today, with, with uh, the social media, we can be shamed like really fast, right? I mean, there are times when people say things about me on social media. I can't do anything about it, and it can cause shame. But you know what? I just say, God, I give this to you. You deal with it. You protect me. And then I like what he says here. He'll bring you radiant joy. And joy is the same as happiness, only it's not dependent on circumstances. In other words, we can have joy even when we're going through a bad day. But all of it begins and all of it ends with us going to God. Here's the second promise God made. If you go to him, he says that, the Bible says this, God promises to rescue us out of our bad days. Now, I thought my son Joe, I thought he did an incredible job with lesson four. This is lesson five. Joe took the statement, it's, it's the toughest statement of all the seven, and the statement was this, Jesus is hanging on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's, that's a tough one. He, if you weren't here, he did an incredible job with it. And you know what? Sometimes on our bad days, we might feel that God didn't answer, God didn't hear. But you know what? I want to show you something here. No matter what you've experienced, you always want to look at God as the miracle-working God. And I'll show you what I mean by that. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1.8. This is the Apostle Paul. He said this, I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. First of all, can we all notice Paul went to the mirror? Paul's being transparent. He's not trying to be super spiritual. He said, I had a really bad day and I had some fears come on me. Listen to verse nine. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, but that was good for then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us for he can even raise the dead. Now, historians tell us, experts, they say in Asia, you know, Paul's probably referring to when he was stoned, all right? That he was stoned and killed by stoning. And so I mentioned this in an earlier message in this series. Guys, 
they took these boulders like this. They tied you to something so you couldn't squirm out of it. And they threw these big boulders on you. That's how they stoned you. And they would crack your skull and your bones and your, 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 your ribs. And that's how you died. And they just kept throwing it till you died. Paul went through that. And then the Christians circled him. Remember, they prayed and he jumped up and he was totally healed. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But think about it. If you were Paul, could you become a little bitter with God? It's like, God, you could have saved me before the stoning. I mean, even if you're raised from the dead, you still experienced the bone-crushing stoning, right? And, and what I love about Paul is he is not complaining about God at all. As a matter of fact, listen to the very next thing that he says. He says this in verse 10. He says, and he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. But, but I did get stoned, right? Yes, we, we expect him to do it again and again. And this is what's really important I want you to get, guys. Like Joe taught in lesson four, he didn't give up on God. And he didn't say, hey, I promise you, you'll never go through a bad day. He just said, you and I need to see God as the big God that raises the dead. And you and I have to be convinced. And we need to go to God and we need to expect him to deliver us no matter what we're going through. And here's Paul saying, even so I went through some tough times and I wish God would have got me out a little early. He said, I still expect him the next time. I expect him to deliver me. And that's what God promises to do. So we go to the mirror, we go to God, Here's the third go-to. You ready? Our spiritual Advil. Here it is. Uh, we must go to people on our bad day. And this is really important. And I'm going to tell you a story. This happened to me last year. Uh, 2017 was, was a different year for me. It was a really emotional year. And here's why. Um, my mom died in January 2017. That's a low. But then my daughter Michelle was married in March of 2017. That's a high. And then my, my dad died in August of 2017. That's another low. Then my daughter Deanna was married in September of 2017, another high. And so I had, had this really low and then a high and then a low and then a high. So my daughter Deanna was married in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So it was a Thursday. Gina and I drove back on Friday. I came out Saturday and Sunday to do services. And Saturday night, I'm preparing in my office I was absolutely 100% numb emotionally. I had no feelings. I had never felt that way in my life. I could not even feel an emotion. And I don't even know how I did service that night, but here's one thing that I did. I couldn't greet. I thought, I can't talk to anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I would say. So I snuck to my office. Gina had to do something that night. I just stared at the walls in my office. And when I knew all the cars were gone, I drove home, jumped into bed, beat Gina, I woke up the next morning early. I came in. I had the same issue, just emotionally dead. So I did first service, and then I went back here in the minister's waiting room and just sat there. I couldn't greet anybody. And I'm sitting there, and intellectually, I, intellectually, I figured it out. Intellectually, I thought, well, that's nine-month period to lose two parents and marry two daughters. That's an emotional roller coaster. So intellectually, I knew this is what's causing it. But I did something that shocked my wife. I mean, when I, when I went home later and told her what I did, she was just shocked. I texted two groups of people, and here's what I did. Uh, I texted the guys on our board, then I texted three close pastor friends, and here's what I said. I said, hey, guys. I said, you know I had a tough year, buried, buried my two parents, married two daughters, and I said, I'm, I'm doing service, and I'm so emotionally numb, I can't even feel, I don't even, I feel like I'm not even alive. I'm just dead emotionally. And I said, all I'm asking is for you to pray for me. 
And if Blue Genius minded, I would be transparent and, and ask somebody for help, right? And so uh, it ended up that week, one board member was out of state, so he called me. The other board member, we set up a time. Two of the pastors were too far away, but they called me. And then one of, one of my closest pastor friends, um, he pastors in Cranberry, PA, John Nuzzo, uh, uh, Victory Family Church, and Boardman's halfway. So he said, Monday, he called me. He said, Monday, you're meeting me in Boardman. We're going to talk. I have some things to speak to you. And uh, he, he loves Nicolini. So we went to Nicolini's. He loves the greens there. So we had the greens at Nicolini's. And he spoke such incredible life to me. It was amazing. I mean, what he spoke to me ministered, and he saw some things that I didn't see uh, that I was dealing with, and it was absolutely amazing. And I share the story to tell you, you just don't open up with anybody, but we all need to have some friends we trust that we're close to, and we need to go to people on our bad day. Here's a scripture that's amazing. It goes like this, James 5, 16. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. I love the latter part about prayer. He's telling us the power of prayer. And I felt the power of prayer from my, from my friends that I, that I reached out to. But I love the first part, admit your faults to one another. And I got the, I was thinking of using this verse, but I said, let me go look at the Greek. So I'm just looking at this Greek word for faults. And it's an amazing word. I used to think it was just a trespass. Like if I did you wrong, I should come to you and say, hey, I wronged you, forgive me. But no, it could be that, but it's referring to any problem that you have in your life. It could be any kind of problem. And all it's saying is, guys, sometimes, yeah, we go to the mirror, we go to God, but sometimes we need people to join with us, people to pray for us. And that brought me incredible healing an incredible freedom that I would have never got just going to God. Not that God isn't awesome, but God uses people too, right? So he uses, he's, he wants to use some of you to help other people. So we go to the mirror, we go to God, we go to people. Here's number four. You ready? We, we must go to war on our bad day. Now here's all that means. You know, it's, it's good to acknowledge, hey, I have some issues from my bad day. It's good to pray and ask God. It's good to go to people. But we also cannot wimp out and crawl into a corner. We have to have a fight mentality. We have to have the attitude, I'm not backing up. I'm not quitting. I'm going to stand my ground, and there's no way I'm backing off. We have to go to war. And there's an incredible couple verses of Scripture. Here's one, Ephesians 6:11. It says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, not every bad day is caused by the enemy, but I guarantee you this. He will use every bad day you've ever gone through to put thoughts in your head to try to cause you to doubt God, become angry, and do some things and go some directions we shouldn't go. So one piece of armor that he's telling us to put on, it's called the helmet of salvation. And another place in the Bible is called the helmet of the hope of salvation. And it's absolutely amazing because it's all about us taking the promises of God and thinking about them and making sure we don't give up, making sure we don't quit, but we keep our mind focused on what God was, has promised us. And it just, it gives us that hope to keep going, to fight, not to give up. Listen to one more section here in Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, that's a bad day, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. All of us, some of you are this way. 
Some of you know someone that's this way, but have you ever known someone that no matter what you do, they are not going to stop? They are not going to back down. I had a neighbor, was one of my closest friends. We got into this fight when we were kids, and, and I, I, w- I was bigger than him. I could take him. I was a year older. I could take him. But we're getting into this fight and this argument, and this guy, would, he would not budge. And I came to a place in this, this to-do with him. I'm on top of him punching him now, you know. And I came to this place. Here's the place I came to. I don't care what I do. I have to kill the guy to win. His name's Ron. Ron, him and I are friends now. Uh, but it's like I couldn't get him to give in. I couldn't give him to say no or to say I quit. And I just thought, I'm going to beat him to death, and he's not going to say no. You and I need to be like Ron with the enemy, guys. We got to be like Ron. We got to say, I don't care what you do to me. I'm not quitting. You can beat me half to death, and I'm going to say, no, I'm not quitting. That's an attitude, guys, and that's the attitude he's telling us to have. That's why I like the latter part uh, of this verse, verse 14. Uh, It says, having done all to stand, stand. And it's an attitude. It's you and I taking what God has promised, not backing down, taking out our spiritual sword, which the Bible says is the spoken word of God, putting up our shield of faith and saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not backing off. It's a tenacity. That's what it means to go to war. And I'm telling you, many of our battles are lost because we quit a moment before the victory. So we go to the mirror, we go to God, we go to people, and then we go to war. I think I made some sense today, guys. I really believe God's speaking to some of our hearts about some adjustments to make. So we bow our heads, close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible. Jesus, thank you for showing us that it's okay to thirst. Thank you for showing us it's okay to look in the mirror. Lord, thank you for showing us we have to have a go-to's to make it through. And Father, as I taught this in Boardman, TCI here and Warren, I know you spoke to some hearts. You gave hope. And so, Lord, some of us are making adjustments. Some of us are saying, yeah, you know what, God, I haven't really brought this to you. Some of us are saying, I, I haven't even looked in the mirror. I, I try to ignore that this is even going on. And others are saying, man, I, I need to go to some people to have some prayer from people. And then some of you are saying, you know what? I got to be like Ron. I have to refuse to quit. I have to go to war. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to allow God to do what only God can do, and that's minister life to us. So some of you need to say, yes, God, I'm going to make that adjustment. Now, on all of our campuses, TCI, Warren, Borman, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're praying. Maybe you walked in today and you weren't sure of your forever. I want to help you be sure of your forever. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we are growing up in a nation that I call post-Christian nation. What that means is that everybody knows who Jesus is, but not everybody that knows who he is has accepted him. And so it can be really tricky. So that's right now as we're in prayer, I'm just saying to you, it's not enough to say I grew up in church, I was water baptized. That's not enough. And I'm not asking you to join a religion. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember the time in your life when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And this day, I give you my heart and make a decision to follow you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're here and you say, that's me. And I'm ready, Pastor Joe. I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today to pray. Would you pray with us right now on all the campuses? 
and just say this after me. And those of us that have already, can we just help them say it? And if you mean it from your heart, a miracle happens. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thanks for dying for me. And this day, I accept you as the Savior. I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I make a decision today to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.